we are going to finish our series today called Church for Dummies. I tell your neighbor, don't be a dummy. I have had so much fun with this series because I think it's fun to call people dummies in church and uh, get away with it. But uh, seriously, my experience as a pastor and even in my own walk with Jesus is that so much of the frustration that I have in my own walk and, and helping other people through their frustration is because we're not doing all the things that we should be doing as a church, or we're not enjoying all of the things that God has provided for us. And so it, you can live a very frustrated life if you try to follow him without these things. So let's go back to week one. Dummies try to follow God without... What's this group of, of us around here? People. Dummies try to follow God without people. Well, but I just need God to save me. Yeah. I just need God to love me and forgive me to get into heaven. Yeah. Well, that's all I need. Well, can I tell you that probably the number one thing that the devil, who is a real existence, by the way, the number one thing he's going to try to do between the moment that you get saved till the day you pass is going to be to isolate you from other believers. And if you can look back, those in this room that have walked with Jesus for a long time, tell me if I'm right by raising your hands. He will try to isolate you from other. He will use other people because we're all jerks on the inside. He will use offense to separate you. He will use um, busyness. He will use other things to just to distract us. Uh, he loves offense, by the way. And so he wants you to try to do this thing alone because he knows that's when you will be susceptible and open to attack. And so um, you are weaker by yourself. And just as a marriage, when two people are really in unity with each other, that house is solid. When you start walking in a church and a group of believers and like-minded, like-worshiping people, um, it's awesome. And then you've got to pull back even sometimes and, and, and come to the understanding of how big this thing is called the church. And, and when you realize that you're walking with a significant number of people. And then there's this powerful scripture in, in uh, the Bible where, where uh, I think it's Elisha prays for, for the guy's eyes to be revealed to see all of the angelic forces out there ahead. We have people around us. We have godly reinforcements from heaven. They're called angels. And, and we can't do this alone. And any time we try, we will become frustrated and get broken down and we may even get picked off. Week number two. Dummies try to follow God without purpose. This is probably, if there's, if there's something I like to preach about, and that's the last part of our even vision statement, is that you would come in connection with God's plans for your life. I believe that God has a purpose for every person that he has taken the time to breathe life into, and that he has not wasted his breath on any creature, especially us men and women, and that's everyone around the world. And so the only way I could be a youth pastor and, and, and look at, at uh, kids coming from dark situations and, and uh, abuse and, and chemical substance abuse and all kinds of things, the only way I could reach in and offer some of those kids hope was because I believe in my heart that there's a God-given purpose for that person. And, and I look in this room today and I think of the, the collective amount of purpose sitting in these seats this morning is amazing. 
and you start factoring that in with the other people worshiping God on the other corners here and around the city and around the world, and God has a purpose for you. And when you align yourself up with it, and that's, that's part of this journey, our faith journey, is aligning ourselves up with the will of God. And there's been times where I've been in the center of the stream. There's been times where I've been frustrated and kind of get sidetracked again over here and doing something else. But when I am in the flow with what God has for me, oh my gosh, it gets fun. And, and that's been the story of, of, of the six years as a church and just feeling like I'm in the exact middle of what God has for me to do. And, and that's a part of what we're here for. Dummies try to follow God without purpose. And, and if you don't have a reason for getting up in the morning, then the day is not going to be very successful. Number three, dummies try to follow God without power. And so we, we have not been left empty-handed. We've been left with this amazing task of preaching the gospel to every end of the earth. Every, every human on, being on this planet is entitled, I believe, to hear the word of God. And so we start with our homes by raising our kids to, know, to love Jesus. We, we share our faith here at church with others, and we build up the children here, and, and we, we make a difference by serving and running a bounce house in our community this Thursday. But as we move around, as we have this great commission to share the love of Jesus with the entire world, God has given us the power to do it. And the gifts and, and the power of the Holy Spirit is life-changing. And when I forget that I'm tapped in, and I wonder why I'm just banging my head on something, and it's like, hey, dummy, there's gifts for that. Pray. God will give it to you, or he'll give it through somebody else. And, and I don't have to be, I'm not going to carry all the gifts in this church. God has been generous enough to, uh, I've been used in different ones, um, like I've, I've been given words for people. Um, we had a prophetic word at the end of, um, of last service. Um, April came forward and said, I feel like the Lord, I could just tell the look on her face, says, I have a, a word from the Lord. And I know that it's legit because I know April. And so what do I do? Share it. Because I know her and I know her walk with the Lord and I, she gets that fire in her eye. I know that God wants to say something to the group. He still does that. And he doesn't, he, I believe he does it through the messages that he leads me through, but it's not going to be just through me. He wants to use his gifts through every person in this room. And guess what? Every child downstairs. Goosebumps. That's the, when we stay tapped in. Dummies try to follow God without power. Number four. We've had a lot of weeks. Dummies try to follow God without praise. The Bible says that we, we, uh, we overcome by the, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Well, our testimony is our story of what God has done in our lives. And, and when we remind ourselves, when we remind the people around us, when we praise God for what he's done, when we remind the enemy of what God has done, it builds us up. It builds the people around us up. It leads people who don't know Jesus yet towards Jesus. It gives God the praise that he deserves and loves. Our lives should be full of praise. And if you are trying to follow God without celebrating all the good that he is, you will be frustrated. Because just sometimes the, the, the agony of the current situation can cause our minds to forget the last victory, right? Is that, that's just me. I'm, I can be very ADD 
like I should be on medicine and I'm not. What did I just say? I don't know. It's really nice outside. I'm thinking about what I'm going to have for lunch. Anyways, I can forget what God did for me yesterday because I'm focused on the problem of today. And, and the Word says that we need to praise God. The Word says that even if, like, if my people don't praise Him, that the rocks are going to cry out. God has done plenty to deserve our praise. Dummies try to live and follow God without praise. Last week, I preached that bummer message on persecution. Dummies try to follow God without persecution. And, and where we landed with that is that our affirmation has to come from Christ alone. Because if we are dependent upon our value and our affirmation, what we're worth and, and our social status, if we're, if we're living based on that about what the people around us think, then we will adapt our faith to fit the surroundings instead of forcing our surroundings to deal with our faith. And within that message, we said this is not a license to be mean or to be a jerk. This has to happen in the context of love, but it is never okay to, to not speak the truth or to, or to try to adapt it. There's no such thing. Truth is truth. And there's no my truth, your truth. There's just truth, and his name is Jesus. And the words of God that have been spoken and given to us, we can hang on to them. Where's my Bible? Andrew, can you bring it up? I'm going to probably need that in a minute. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, good stuff. We got to use this. This is truth. It's, it's still going strong. There's no expiration date, right? Okay. I want to read to you from Acts 12, 1 through 5. So speaking of persecution, about that time, I'm in Acts chapter 12, I'm going to read you five verses. About that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle James, John's brother, killed with a sword. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. This took place during the Passover celebration. Then he imprisoned him placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. Dummies try to follow God without people, purpose, power, praise, persecution. Today we're going to finish with prayer. This is... One of those areas that I think is, it just has like a mystic kind of quality to it. I think it's, it's something that people understand maybe saying grace for, for dinner, like rub-a-dub, thanks for the grub, like, uh, you know, uh, dear Jesus, my aunt is sick, could you please heal her? I think, you know, God, I'm struggling today. I think we understand these basics, uh, prayers of thanking him for something or asking him for something. But I think we struggle with this as a culture of if God's really God, if God, has anybody else gone, see if you've gone here with me. If God really knows everything that's going to happen, then what does it matter what I pray today? Has anybody else thought that? This is like weirdo Christian dork prayers or thoughts like, I, okay, good. There's some other fellow dorks. Thank you. Um, I'm among friends. What does it, like, I know that I should care about what's going on, 
And some of this can default to, I just trust God to handle things. And so sometimes it may come across as lazy, like I'm, I don't pray about something, but it's just because I'm, I'm okay with what God does in something. And I think that can, that's okay to an extent. But, w- but what we want to see here today is that God wants us in communication with him. And so we have, we have taken prayer and we have just said that this is like a, uh, it's, it's just a connection point to get certain things. And I want to pull back big picture and say prayer is simply communication with God. And how could you have any good relationship without communication between you and that person? You can try, right? And, and usually the, st- the state of communication is a great indicator of the state of the relationship, right? You can look at the words being said. <laughs> you can look at the words not being said. Uh, and, and the amount of words... And sometimes the amount of negative words or, you know, it all determines. It's, it's like, it's, it's like the, the thermostat or, or the, the thermometer of, of what's happening inside that relationship. And the only way to fix a relationship is how? Just buy her the new car and get it over with. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> take her on vacation. No, uh, buy him the whatever, the new gun. Yes, Jason was showing me something new today. Good, good stuff, buddy. I say yes. Uh, April, you know, that doesn't matter. Um, no, communication is our way out of relationship problems. Sometimes you might need a third party to help you communicate, okay? But communication is what prayer is all about. So what we need to talk about today, let me read you a couple verses. Uh, Acts 1.14. Let me get there. Acts 1.14 says this. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. So we're talking about the, the disciples that were hanging out together. It says that they were constantly united in prayer. Listen to Acts 2.42. This is, there are some powerful verses here about uh, the believers forming a community, but it starts right away with, all of the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. Does that sound like a community you want to be a part of? That's what we should be doing. Um, I'm, I'm one of the teachers here. I teach the most, but we bring in other people. And so we're basically um, committing to following the teaching in this place. And, and I, I trust God to lead me in that. And thankfully, we have other people to come in and hear God's truth from other voices. Uh, so we commit to the teaching. Who likes eating together? Absolutely. We've got a guy's night coming up. At, we're going to do it at my house, so we're going to mix pool and pizza. How about that? And uh, you can't have pizza in the pool, but uh, we can do both. And uh, I think it's a wonderful thing to spend time together and, and, and enjoy each other's company. It says fellowship, eating together, uh, devoting, devoting themselves to the teaching. And then it says, and devoting themselves to prayer. Church, if we can pray collectively for things, that's a powerful dent in the, in, the spirit, in the spiritual realm. I pray for little things all the time and big things. You guys hopefully are praying for different things. But that's, there's a reason why 
I'll get something and I'll put it out to the rest of the staff and I'll say this person is in the hospital, this person's parent just passed away, or this person is, is, is praying for a job, and, and, and we'll turn a group of people loose on praying for it. And so we, that's something that we want to continue to develop in this church. There's a reason why we usually have two groups of people up here at the end of services. Those are our prayer teams. These are people that we trust to, to listen to you and to hear what's going on in your life, it could be related to the message, it could be something that's just going on at work or, or in your home or a neighbor's home or a family member, and you want somebody to, to bring along not just godly counsel, but to pray with you. It is, it is biblically uh, sound and powerful to have other people come and pray with you. Uh, Jason came in this morning, his back is killing him this morning, and, 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 and three of us laid hands on him and prayed for him together. That is, that is a powerful thing that is a gift to the church, and dummies try to follow God without it. And so let's, let's talk through this this morning. There's two questions that I want to zero in on this today, and, and it's, we're going to keep it pretty basic, and that is why and how. And so at this church, we are fully expecting for there to be uh, people that are either been away from church for a long time or have never had a close uh, relationship with God and, and church might be something new. So we basically don't assume much, okay? And so we want this to be a teaching platform. And so for some of this, this might be a review of the basics, but we're going to look at the why and the how of praying. The first why is, I've already mentioned it, requests. These can be for uh, all kinds of realms, not just for, you know, you can try for a new red car. That, that, I try that, and, and I, I always hope it works. Um, I'm joking but not joking. Um, healing, I just mentioned that. We should be asking God regularly for healing. Now that provokes the question of why doesn't he always heal? And, and, and that's a, this is a, an answer that, that most pastors should be willing to give right away, and I'll tell it to you, I don't know. All I do know is that I'm supposed to ask him to heal. And, and we're going to talk about the, the how in a minute, um, according to his will, and, and then we have to leave it up to that. And, and so I have prayed for healings, and I've seen people healed. I have prayed for healings and, and not seen the physical thing leave or not see it leave for a while. And so I've prayed over people with lifelong illnesses, like my nephew, uh, who has cerebral palsy and, and a high level of autism, and I will continue to pray for him. And so he is a happy guy that loves Jesus. He's happy most of the time. And, uh, and, and, and we just enjoy Josh for who he is. But I believe that I'm supposed to keep praying for a miracle until I see it this side of heaven or after heaven. I, I, I just believe I'm supposed to. So we're supposed to ask for healing. Uh, here's, here's where it all starts for a believer. We're supposed to ask for salvation. The Bible says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, that anybody that would let me in. Jesus wants a relationship with each of us. And a simple prayer to him to accept it is, Lord, I receive your love and your grace. Hello. I choose to follow you today. That's a prayer of salvation. We can also be praying, and we should be praying for the salvation of the people that we love and even the people that we might just be strangers or, or, or surface-level friends to us, that, that, that they would come to salvation, right? 
one of the things we can do, and this is a practical hands-on thing that I'll get to a touch on again, is that why not have a list of 10 people that you are praying for for their salvation? And just as a reminder, that, and, and when you look at that list, pray through and say, God, I'm, I'm trusting you to move in these people's lives. Use me how you would. And God, I'm praying that you send others that are needed to help lead this person to you. Sometimes it, it takes another person. You may have exhausted your efforts, and it might be time to just keep quiet and pray for that person. It could be one of your children. It could be one of your parents. Sometimes when somebody's really close to you relationship-wise, it could be a spouse. This is quite common. Somebody comes to, uh, to love Jesus before, they're, you know, before the, the, the spouse does or, the, or they get married and they believe two different things. You might not be the voice that's going to be the one to convince them, and it might just cause more trouble. But that is the time to pray and say, God, I'm trusting you to send that person at work to send that person here, to send that person at the gym, to send, God, I'm trusting you for their salvation, right? What else can we ask for? For provision. I don't believe this is supposed to ever stop, and, and it's not supposed to be like we treat God like this cosmic vending machine, but I see God as the provider of everything in my life. And so I believe that I'm supposed to make my needs known to him. For me personally, for my family, uh, for this church. Lord, we need more people. It, there's a, a scripture verse that says you should pray for extra workers for the harvest. I pray for that for this church. God has sent us an amazing team of people. We still need more people to stand at the door and just smile and say welcome to family church. God, please send the workers. God, please send the people that would take the time to be with our kids downstairs and, and help them know how much God loves them and that he has a plan for their life. God, would you send the workers? He loves it. Provision is something that we can ask and should be asking our Father God for. Direction. Does anybody ever need direction? Not directions like you can't find. I've been there too. Direction in life. God, I don't know what's next for me. I don't know what's going on in this place in my life. God, I, I, need, I need direction. I, I feel like I'm lost at sea. God, I need to know what's next, right? I've prayed those prayers. We should pray those prayers. How about for blessings? Not just for my life, but for other people. God, I pray that you would bless the Legeski family. God, I pray that you would bless the Todd family. God, I pray that you would bless the Adam family, the Adams family. The millennials didn't get that. God, I pray that you would bless them. We, we, are, we can be a conduit of God's blessing to other people and just speak it over somebody's life. Uh, there's nothing more powerful than laying hands on somebody and just saying, God, I, I pray your blessing on this person. I pray for your wisdom. God, I pray that you would meet their needs. God, I thank you that you would lead them. God, I thank you that they would have every resource from heaven that they would need for this next part of their life. That is a powerful thing to pray blessings over somebody. How about for strength? Does anybody need strength today? I need strength today. Absolutely. We're supposed to go to God for our daily bread. There is no, uh, there, there's no one and done. Like God wants us to be in a constant communication with him and asking him for the strength for today. 
God, would you give me the strength I need for this situation? God, I'm going into a meeting that I am so upset about. God, would you be with me in this meeting? Would you help me keep my cool? God, would you give me uh, just the wisdom of, of what to say and what not to say? Are you kidding me? He will. God, I'm going through it. This is difficult. I've, I've got to do something very difficult. God, I, I need your strength here. Uh, listen to James 4, verse 2. It says this, it says, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. That's why I joked about asking for like a, a brand new red Corvette. Like God has, I have more toys than I should have. And, and Danielle will say amen, but she's out of the room. So she doesn't need to know I said that. My prayers are not for more junk for me. I'll just be real honest with you. There are things I like. There are things I want. I, you know, I'll, I'll save up for something that, you know, that's great. Those are not the things I'm pounding heaven for. Because I believe that I need to pray for the things that, that like, he wants to use strategically in and through my life. I believe he cares about the things I have, and, and he likes me to have fun. I really do believe that. But what I'm going after heaven for is, God, I, I want to see you move in Pickerington. God, I want to see souls saved. God, I want to see the light come on. God, I want to see people set free from addiction. God, I want to see marriages uh, that lo look like what you intended them to look like, God. I want to see people made whole. One of my visions for this church is that we would be a hospital for marriages. And like, I work in a lot of hospitals with my other job. I do signage, and, and there's, an, there's, there's an emergency department in every hospital. God, could we be in an emergency department for marriages in this place? Goosebumps again. Absolutely. Those are prayers that align with the will of heaven. Those are things that God gets excited about when we begin to care about the things that he cares about. So James says, you don't have some of the things you want because you didn't ask God for it. So I need to turn these things loose. And, and then it says that motivation might be the problem for some of them. So obviously, and this, is, this will get into the how in a little bit, is that I need to align myself up with God. Which gets us to our second point. So, so the first reason why we pray is for requests. And, and there's, there's, there's a bunch of uh, other things there. Listen to Matthew 7, 7. Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. I'm going to go ahead and read 9 and 10 because I feel like it. You, you parents, if your, ch if your children ask you for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? He is the perfect Father. And the perfect Father knows exactly what we need. And it even makes the reference to gifts. Like, I think there's just some stuff that's for fun here. I really do. 
but also as a dad, what do I do? Well, I've mentioned this before. Benjamin is certain that he should have a motorcycle as soon as possible. And I've told him as nicely as possible that I can't in, in, I can't in good conscience, like, and Danielle wouldn't let me even if I got that stupid, like, we're not going to let you own and ride a motorcycle on the street as long as you're our kid. We're responsible for you. I said, I just can't do it. And so this is where the, the father, like, I want him, like, I think it'd be really cool. Like, like, I would like, part of me would like a motorcycle, but it ain't happening. And it's certainly not going to happen for my 16-year-old son in a couple years. Like, that's where a father has to know, like, what's best, right? And so I'm not just going to give you what you want, I'm gonna, and I'm not just going to even just give you what you need. I want to I bless your brains. Like, I, I want you to be blown away by the things that I do. And so I love to do some things that just wow my kids. It, it's fun to do as a dad. Take them to Disney and spend an obscene amount of money. Are you kidding me to see a mouse? But it's fun, right? It, it's fun to bless my kids. And God feels that way about us, but he also knows what is not good for us. And so this says that if, a, if, if me as, a, as, a, as a, a good intention dad can try to give my kids some good things, how much more does our Heavenly Father want and loves to give things to us? But they're going to be the right things for us. Is that amazing? Okay, so we had request. Number two is alignment. To know His will. That's a reason why we pray. Because I guarantee you, the more you pray about something, your prayer is going to change about it if it's different than God's will. So if I pray for a family member to come to salvation, that prayer is not going to change until that person does. That aligns perfectly with God's will for that person. If I'm praying for something and I might not know that that it's not a good thing or it's not the right thing for that person or for the situation, God is going to reveal that. I'm going to start praying and start to see, um, now I'm going to pray differently about that. The more you pray about something, you are going to come into alignment with God's will. Get this, John 5, 19. It's going to take me a minute. Jesus would go away quite regularly by himself to pray. That ought to give us a clue that we ought to, by the way. It says this, Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Jesus would frequently spend time preaching to massive crowds, and then he would immediately get pulled away and just want to be with his close friends, the disciples, the twelve. Sometimes he would pull just one, two, or three of them away and have like a deep dive on something, and he would just kind of go in. But then even what's noted multiple times is that Jesus would go away by himself and pray. And he basically says, like, I need this. And he obviously perfectly does what he's supposed to. And he says, I only do what I see the Father doing. One of the main reasons that we pray is for alignment. I want to be a part of what God wants to do. Does that make sense? 
Because guess what? The prayers that align up with his will, if you want him to start saying yes to something, pray for the things that he wants done. I mean, I know that sounds like real basic, but if you start to care and pray along the things that he is going towards and, and you're asking for those kind of things, then it's fun. Then you're a part of what he's doing instead of asking him to keep blessing these little problems in my world, which he does care about. But it, it's healthy for you to move your attention onto other things. And God, help me to help me to, to, to bless this family. Help me to speak here. God, use me for this. God, can you, you're, you're moving your attention onto something else. Alignment. Number three, relationship. We said this before, communication is vital in every relationship. What are some things we talk about in our close relationships? Well, if you've been married for more than a week, somebody has had to repent for something. I'll shorten that. If you've been married for one hour, repentance is necessary. I'm saying it tongue-in-cheek, but seriously, right? We hurt each other's feelings, like, often. And if you want the relationships to stay healthy, some things you just look over if you're just, you know, you're just, okay, that person, he's, he's delirious. You know, he's had a bad day at work. She does that a lot. She's quite graceful. And, uh, and, and I'll do the same. But then, if you're smart, and if you want to stay married, and you want to enjoy the marriage, you actually say something like, I'm really sorry I did that. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings when I did that. Or I, I actually did mean to hurt your feelings, and now I'm sorry about it. Now, that's none of you have done anything on purpose to hurt the other person's feelings, right? Is that just me? Repentance, right? That should be a part of relationship, is I'm sorry about that. And, and those, those times actually move the relationship forward, right? Okay, just me. Okay, praise. Well, we talked about this a lot two weeks ago. Praise should be a part of a relationship with the person. I appreciate you doing that. Man, dinner was good tonight. Man, I'm so thankful that the house is clean. Or, man, you look nice today. Or pick something. And, and there's a phrase that, that says what you celebrate gets repeated. I mean, that, there's, there's something too. And, and, and what you're negative about, you know, is, is, is there's, there's a way to, um, if, if life is always critical, then it's a negative environment. But if you simply praise the things that you like, that's a much better way to steer the ship. And sometimes you have to address things that are negative, like this, this hurts my feelings when you do this, or I don't like this when you do that, so let's talk about this. Those are fun conversations, but they're necessary to move a relationship forward, right? So you have praise. Here's one crazy idea. How about just for the sake of conversation? I can tell you, and I'll keep using marriage. This is the, a great analogy for it, or a great uh, comparison. When Danielle and I are at our strongest is when we are happy just to talk about anything. But when there's strain in a relationship, you're only talking about the, the problems, right? And when things get real bad, you actually stop talking about the problems. So it's good to just have conversation. God wants us to be in relationship with Him. It might look like I'm just talking to myself, and sometimes I do. Why not make it more productive and talk to Him instead? Talk to somebody that can do something about it. Or just talk. God, I'm, 
this is what's going on today. Sometimes I'm, I just want to talk. And, and let's just chat. Like, that should be a part of, if, if we're just going to him as the cosmic vending machine, God, I need an answer for this. God, I need you to show up. He's like, I got you. I'm, I'm with you there. But could we talk about something else sometime? How much time do you want to spend with the people that only want to talk to you about their problems? Now, God is a good God. He's endlessly gracious towards us, and he's not going to cut us off. But how much better of a relationship could we have with him if we are talking about more things with him? That's what I'm getting at. Uh, it says, okay, so that's the why. So uh, we talked about um, provision, request, alignment, relationship. Let's talk through the how as we end today. Well, guess what? Jesus tells us how. I'm going to go to Matthew 6, and I'm going to read some verses that most of you can quote by heart. Uh, Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Except I'll tell you a funny story. I can't do two things at once, so wait a minute. I can't. I'm so terrible. I was doing a, uh, it's not funny that it was a funeral. You shouldn't laugh at that. But I was doing a funeral, and I was graveside, and I, I wanted to read the Lord's Prayer. And I'm, I, it was one of the first few that I had done, and I, was, I went to the Scripture. Well, depending on your translation, which is 9 out of 10, it's going to read differently than what you have memorized in your head, okay? And so I start fumbling over the Lord's Prayer graveside. That is so embarrassing. Like, you guys should really get a better pastor. Like, I'm sorely inadequate. Listen to this. Is that terrible? Jesus says, pray like this. We know why. We want to know how. <gasps> pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your kingdom... So, see right here. Let's just... May your name... Yeah, see, that's the scripture. I can't, even, I can't even read this out loud because it goes against the way I have memorized, but we'll try. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. And then later manuscripts added in, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And so we, we basically have the King James Version memorized as a Christian culture. And, and if you're new to church and you don't, I'm, I don't say that to condemn you. We're going to read through it later today as a church. But God gives us this map on how. And I just want to address two little angles on this. Because I think this is a simple way to start. Some of you are already prayer people. Like it is a part of your day. You have a list of things you pray for. And um, hopefully I'm on it because I need it. And uh, you, will, you are already doing this. Um, I'm really after getting somebody to pray maybe for the first time besides like a Jesus take the wheel kind of prayer for the first time today or tomorrow, okay? Two words on, on how. Bold and humble. This prayer starts off with our Father. Father. Now, you may not have had a good relationship with your dad. You might not know who your dad is, and so that this, there might not be a, a strong correlation here for you. But imagine somebody that you would trust that did raise you, and, and you're like, this is the parent figure that, that 
that led you, raised you, provided for you? How comfortable are you talking with them, and how comfortable are you asking them for things? Pretty comfortable, right? If I, if I know my dad has anything I need, between the two of us, we own just about every tool sold, okay? And so if, if, I, if, if I need one of the ones I don't have and he does, how hard is it for me to get that tool? Or to at least use it. Like, I'm not going to take his whole table saw. It is much nicer than mine, but it stays in the basement. How easy is it for me to use that table saw? What do I have to do? I could pretty much just go over and use the garage code and go in and use it. I wouldn't even get in trouble for that. But I just need to, Gary said it, ask. There is a boldness there that I'm not talking about a selfish or an entitled or a bratty thing. There is a boldness that I'm talking about where I can, I can confidently go and ask my parents, my dad, for something that he has that I need. I can go confidently. That's the boldness I'm talking about. But here's the other side of that. Bold and humble. So if he's my father, then I'm also going to him as a son. And so I don't tell my dad what to do, even though I'm 40-something years old. 44 in August. I'm not that embarrassed about it. 44 Magnum, baby. Listen, I just try to make it sound cool. It's not cool. I know it's not cool. But anyways, I, get, I, get, I just get so sidetracked. I am not going to tell him to let me use his table saw. Right? He's so nice he would still let me. But the right attitude with God is the confidence of a son and the humility of a son. Does that help you make, like that should help us make sense in this. I should not hesitate to ask Father God for anything that is on my mind that I'm concerned about that I even want. Like, I could talk to my dad. I can talk to God about the things that I just, I would like to see happen. I would like to see happen in my life. I'd like to see happen in this church. I can dream there. I, it's a safe spot to go to because I have the confidence and the relationship of a son. But I'm not going to belittle him and just come to him and just, yeah, I need this. That's not right. There, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a wrong order there. I, I come to him not hat in hand, but I come to him in, in, in honor. Does that make sense? Like, God, I, I know you want to and can meet my needs, and I'm asking you to meet those today. What can we do about this on Monday morning? I would suggest that even today, before you get back into your work week, week is to write a list. Uh, pick 10 things. Pick uh, five people that come to mind. If you start down there, it's really easy to come with a big list. But, but, but find a starting list of 10 to 20 things, including people and some things that are on your mind or heart or, or some things that are affecting you, like people really close to you. And so this could be so-and-so's job situation, so-and-so's marriage, uh, this person's salvation. Start with a list, 10 to 20 things of, that are really important to you. And I keep lists like that. I'll make them on my phone. And then when I'm just looking, I just start praying through those and get as far as I can that time and then go back to it the next time. This is how my brain works and in my crazy life. 
and, and maybe it should sound more spiritual than that to you, but I believe making that list will help you make time for prayer and will actually help you pray repeatedly for, for specific things. Does that make sense? That's something you can do on a Monday. I want to get back to that. We, we started in Acts. I want to finish in Acts. Chapter 6, verse 11. So we opened up and it said that Peter was thrown in jail. Acts 12. It says the church prayed very earnestly for him. Go on to verse 6. The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly there was a bright light in a cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to wake him up. <laughs> the Bible can be very funny. An angel punched or smacked him to wake him up. That is what that says. Quick, get up, and the chains fell off his wrist. Then the angel told him, get dressed and put on your sandals, and he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel, but all the time he thought it was a dream, a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. They passed the first and second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading to the city, and this opened for them all by itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street, and then the angel suddenly left him. I've read about some like invisibility cloaks and, you know, Harry Potter books and stuff. Peter walked past the first guard post, the second guard post, and then he walks up to the gate and and he's out. And it says that he goes and finds the group of people, the other believers, and what were they doing but praying? They had been praying earnestly for Peter. Can we put up the slide with the Lord's Prayer? Can we read this together? I've got the right version up here, so I won't trip over it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Can we bow our heads in prayer this morning? It's a simple lesson, the how and the why of prayer. But this is one of those vital pieces. That's why we did this series. These, these are critical, mission-critical things that need to be a part of a believer's life to successfully follow Jesus and, and to enjoy the journey. And so around this room with, 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 with just heads bowed this morning, are you willing to commit to the conversation today? Maybe it's been commonplace for you to pray for a healing, pray for a job interview. I think those things are great, and you should keep doing it. But God wants to be in communication with you. He wants to be in a relationship with you. 
And if regularly communicating with him is, is, it might be something that's already a part of your life, but I would guess it's not a regular part of everyone in this room's life. If you're hearing this message today and something has touched your heart and you're ready to commit to the conversation, you're ready to commit to talking with God on a, on a, on a regular basis, I want you to raise your hand this morning. I want you to put a, take this time, make a stand, make this claim. I see those hands. God, God is moving. He wants to be closer to you. These are things that are all available to us and should be like breathing to us. And my hand's up as well. God, would you see us this morning? God, we are responding to your word this morning, to your desire to be in a closer relationship with us. God, you want us to be in fellowship with communion with you all the time. The Word of God says to pray without ceasing, and I always heard that, and I, I was so depressed by it. Like, God, I can't just pray all day. He just wants the conversation to never stop. And just like you pick up with that friend you haven't seen, or every time you get back on the phone with him or see him, you just go right back into where you were. That's how it should feel with Father God. Father God, we are committing to the conversation with you today. If you've never chosen to follow Jesus, if you've never accepted his grace, the forgiveness of your sins, and you're ready to begin following him today, I want to pray with you. It is an important decision. If that's you this morning, would you raise your hand? We want to agree with you in prayer. Eyes are bowed. Eyes are bowed. Eyes are closed. Heads are bowed. God, we thank you for who you are today. We thank you for this word. God, we thank you for this series. God, you have not called us to be an ignorant and a weak and a, and a dysfunctioning church. God, you have given us every resource. God, I thank you that we would have power in our life, that we would have people in our life, that we could have prayer in our life and purpose. God, I thank you that you have given us the things that we need. Help us to walk in the full strength you've called us to and provided for us. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're going to close with another song. As we're singing, if you want somebody to pray with you about something, that is what these nice people are up here to do. So come forward if you want prayer for something, anything, and uh, we would love to pray with you this morning. Let's stand and worship.